everybody said? Amen. You may have a seat. Let's thank our music team for um, help leading us. <clears throat> Appreciate everyone. Uh, before I get going in the Word, I just want to uh, acknowledge. Boy, Russ, you're getting a lot of acknowledgments lately. Married. He is a veteran. Two weeks. <clears throat> Two weeks ago, got married. But today is actually his 70th birthday. So happy birthday, my friend. Happy birthday. Love you, brother. <clears throat> love you, love you, love it. Uh, today we're going to continue our series on trust. And we've been looking at, uh, oftentimes we talk about, do we trust God? Which is a very valid, important question. Hopefully we all can answer that in the affirmative, hopefully. If not, we're here. We're here to have conversations with you. Uh, but we, in, in this series, we turn the tables and we're asking this question. Does God trust you? Does God trust me? Does God trust us? And we know this. All relationships are built on the foundation of trust. <clears throat> Let me restate that. <laughs> all healthy relationships are built. On the foundation of trust. If there's no trust, there's no healthy relationship. You, you know this. I'm sure you've been in at least one other relationship in your life where trust was broken. And uh, the effort, the energy to restore and try to keep that relationship, it, it's just exhausting. Is it not? I, uh, I try to encourage people, and myself included, um, just just follow the instructions Jesus gives in the Scriptures as much as humanly possible so that you'll be close to God as you live here on earth, um, as opposed to willfully disobeying God and then having to do all the work, all the effort to get back to where you were. Anybody? Just me? Nobody else? <clears throat> You have a friend, maybe? You know someone? So we're going to be talking about this, continue talking about this. Does God trust us? And here's kind of the, the premise of this teaching, this parable Jesus, Jesus teaches us in Matthew 25, is the more God will trust you, the more he wants to give you. And as we steward his resources here on earth, as he establishes his kingdom on earth as it is in heaven, this is the prayer of Jesus. As we understand that um, all all the earth is the Lord and everything in it, right? You guys believe that, right? Uh, and uh, and that He wants us to steward His creation, right? And then, and then to help bring this expansion of of His kingdom on earth, His His rule and reign on earth. He wants you in not only involved in that, he wants you um, more involved in that. So whatever you do now, he wants you to have more. So just turn to somebody and ask them a question. You're closer to them than I am. So this helps me when you do this. Just turn to someone and say, are you ready for more? Come on, turn to somebody. Ask him that question. <clears throat> And that's not a rhetorical, by the way. That's a real, honest, 
question. Are you ready for more? Now, if some of you were honest this morning, you would have said, no. No, I'm not. I'm good. And uh, I'm re- if that's you, I'm really glad you're here. Really glad you're here. <laughs> God clearly wanted you here today. Um, but God wants you to always be faithful. We talk about abundance. Right? What is abundance? It, it's when I'm faithful uh, with the little God's given me. And then because of that, he gives me a little more. And it's just, it's just continual, perpetual life of being faithful to God. Of being faithful. And you understand this idea of giving people more. If you're at work, if you manage people, if you own any kind of business, you're, you're, you're going to give away responsibility, right, to people who you trust. Come on, someone. Maybe some of your parents. And uh, you have kids. Maybe even adult kids. And some of you might have, you got a little money set aside right now, right? And you're trying to figure out, who of my children do I dare trust with the little extra I have? Come on. Some parents are like, I can give this, this one 100%. I feel good about it. And some of us in the room, come on. Now, not me, fortunately, not me. I got one sitting right here. Not me. We're fortunate. But some people, they told me they've got some kids. The number they're thinking of giving them is like zero. Come on. See, we get this idea, we get this principle of being good investors. When we give off responsibility or finances, we do it to people we can trust. This is nothing new at all. But this is true in the kingdom of God. So Matthew 25, we've been looking at verses 14 through 30. And uh, just as a reminder, the, the first verse there in this parable of Jesus, he says these words, Again, the kingdom of heaven can be illustrated by the story of a man going on a long trip, he called together his servants and entrusted his mind to them while he was gone. Some got five talents or bags of silver. Another got, one got five, one got two, and another got one. And if you remember the story, two of them were what? Faithful, right? They doubled what they got. The five and the two doubled what? they received. And because of that, they were able, once the owner came back, they were able to celebrate with the owner. And we talked about how faithfulness and joy go hand in hand in the kingdom of God. Faithfulness and joy go hand in hand in the kingdom of God. And we were reminded that all I have is from God and is God's I am simply a steward of his riches. Do you believe that today? I'm not the owner. I'm a steward. I'm not the owner. I'm a steward. So we, we live with open hands to receive from God and then for God, for, for God to be able to take what we have and use it accordingly. We live with open hands. Now, 
today we finally get to servant number three, which is none of you. I say that by faith. By faith. I want to believe. Servant number three, the, 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 the wicked and lazy So, um, sermon number three, verse 24, here's what it says in the story, verse 24 and 25 of Matthew 25. Here's, here's the verse. Then the servant with one bag of silver came and said, now I mentioned this a couple of times already in the series, but this, this wicked and lazy servant had a really bad attitude. Everyone say bad attitude. He was uh, defiant. He was defiant. He, he had no respect for the owner at all. Right? So you, you got to catch the tone as I'm reading these verses. It's real important. How many of you know tone matters? I didn't know that until I got married. Still learning it. <laughs> 32 32 years later, still working on it. But I didn't really... Man, all the women are smiling right now. This is interesting. Uh, God bless you gentlemen. Tone man. This guy had a really bad tone. Bad tone. I'm going to try to communicate it best I can. So then the servant with the one bag of silver came and said, Master, Master, uh, he used that word loosely, by the way. He didn't believe it. He didn't believe it. He didn't respect it. I knew you were a harsh man, harvesting crops. You didn't plant, gathering crops. You didn't cultivate. So I, I was I was afraid. Lying through his teeth right now. I was afraid I would lose your money. So I hid it in the earth. So look, here's your money back, bud. That's his... That's what's happening here. You got to get so important to get this. So long before he was a bad servant, he had a bad attitude. That is so important, man. So important. I can close in prayer right now. Helping y'all get something to eat. Go hang out. Long before he was a lazy, wicked servant, bad servant, he had a bad attitude. So critical to get this. And again, by faith, none of you. None of you. But a bad attitude will lead ultimately to bad actions. So, so this, this servant was defiant. He had no respect. And, and God was going to, the owner, God, the owner was going to deal harshly with can't. Now, he, he celebrated with the other two. Right? See, the justice of God is just. Let me repeat that. That was deep, Chris. That was deep. Deep. The justice of God is just. Now, we all want justice in this room, right? How, how many? Some of you want more justice than others. Like, there, there's usually, like, people that are a little more grace-oriented, understanding, sympathetic. Come on. 
there's, there's a few of you in the room. Give them a second chance. And there's others of you who are like, no. <laughs> they deserve what they're about to get. There's a few of you. We have different personalities. It's okay. It's okay. God's wired us all differently. But God's justice is just. In other words, it's going to be proportioned according to the attitude of their behavior. It's going to be fair. It's going to be fair. One thing we have a hard time doing as, as frail humans is being fair in our distribution of justice. Because we generally have biases. Am, am I talking? Am I getting too close? Anybody? Is this too much? We generally have biases. But God is just. God is just. So we have this, we have this defiant, terrible attitude, which led to terrible actions uh, from this uh, wicked, lazy servant. Uh, and let me say a few things. I'm going to say a few things about God's accountability and then a couple things about laziness. And this is real important. Um, you, you can be productive here on earth and not be productive in the kingdom of God. Does that make sense? You can be productive here on earth but not be productive with the things of God. That's a possibility. So we've we got to be aware of it. And just a few things as far as in the church, at least my observation. Um, let's not confuse activity with productivity, being productive. Sometimes we're just busy. You know, I've been done many times, but there's been a couple times in the church we, we have we have literally asked people to stop volunteering. They were just here too much. I'm like, don't you have a home? Aren't you married with kids? What's going on? Pick one of pick one or two of the five things you're involved in. <clears throat> now, nothing wrong with that, being involved. We love people to serve. We'll be talking more about that in the future. But let's not let's not let's not confuse. Activity with productivity. So we we got to understand what God wants us to do in the kingdom, and to be faithful with that, whatever that might be, whatever that might be. One of my one one of my great joys in life is that I I, I have very few things I'm good at. I love it. Anybody else know what I'm talking about? It allows me to focus. It's, it's, it simplifies my entire life. I don't know how people like Dave Motz does it, man. This guy, I, I call him the Swiss Army knife. He can do it all. Music. Not only can sing, lead, he writes, produces, engineers. We had, we had a little graffiti on the fence about a month and a half ago. He goes, he goes uh, uh, we brought it up, he goes, oh, I'll, I'll take care of it. Well, now I've got a little pain. This guy does it all. See, your life is going to be more complicated than mine. That's just this. <laughs> so my, my responsibility as Christ follower is to identify 
what God's given me as far as any kind of gifts or abilities or callings. And then to drill deep in that area. And the same with you. The same with you. What has God called you to do as far as the advancement of his kingdom? What are the spiritual gifts God's given you? If you're a Christ follower, if you're born again, the Spirit of God is in you, you have a spiritual gift that God wants you to identify, to nurture, to activate, to to use to make other people's lives better. What is that gift? How, let me put it real simple. How are you making other people's lives better? The gift's not for you outside allowing you to be participating in the kingdom of God. The gift is to lift others up. Right? If, you, if you find yourself only receiving and not giving, first of all, it's unfulfilling lives. Very unfulfilling. But God wants you to give. Your joy is to come and give it. Your joy is to come and God using you to help build others' life up. To help make others' burdens light. Let's talk about uh, accountability here in a little bit. Uh, well, first, let me get Matthew 25, 26 through 7, 27. Jesus, the, the owner's response representing God here. But the master replied, you wicked and lazy servant. My translation has an exclamation point at the end of that sentence. Hit it hard. If you knew. Now, here comes the accountability. By the way, if you ever, anybody ever try to outwit God? See, he thinks he he thinks he's on solid ground here. The the the, the uh, wicked servant, he thinks he's on solid ground. Well, again, he's encountering someone much wiser. If you knew, you could challenge his whole premise here. You could dismantle his argument. If you knew. I harvested crops uh, I didn't plant and gathered crops I didn't cultivate. Why didn't you deposit my money in the bank? At least I could have gotten some interest on it. Now, the owner wasn't interested in getting interest from the bank here. (laughs) Though that would have been better. What he's interested in is challenging the lie and deceit from the wicked servant, which he does. Now, a couple of points on laziness. Now, Proverbs 13.4 says these words, Lazy people want much, but get little. But those who work hard will prosper. Proverbs 13.4. Do you believe that? Do you believe that? I mean, you can sit around and wish something would happen. Dream. Something will change. But as long as you're sitting around, <laughs> people oftentimes ask me, I just, I just want to know the will of God. Anybody? Come on, come on. I just want to know the will of God in my life. And, and what I generally tell them is God will reveal his will to the degree, to the, to the degree that you're in motion doing something for him. To the degree that you're moving in some direction, pick an 
anything. Come on. God will start to show you more and more what his will is. Back to the spiritual gifts. People oftentimes will affirm to you what they see in you. You ever, you ever experienced that? They'll affirm it. And generally, you will discover your spiritual gift in the scriptures. Because um, you're, you're, you're experiencing uh, a fulfillment. Joy. And, and there's something good happening with whatever you're doing. There's some growth, advancement. So lazy people, they want much, but get little. But those who work hard will prosper. They'll succeed. They'll succeed. There's a, what's Malcolm Gladwell? He wrote a book. 10,000, 10,000 hours is about what it takes to get good at something. Right? Doing it over and over and over. This is why if I golf, which would be about once every three years nowadays. I still hook and I still slice. Anybody? No 10,000 hours? No. The evidence of my lack of 10,000 hours is that I bring about 20 golf balls with me when I go golfing. Because I'm just done chasing the ball at this point. Drop it wherever I can. No 10,000 hours. None. Karen, our children's director has 10,000 hours plus with anything she does in the kitchen. Have you ever ate her food? She's good. But God wants us to be focused, to drill deep in the areas he's given us in his kingdom. Proverbs 18.9 says this, a lazy person, again, none of you, is as bad as someone who destroys things. Uh, I like to say this. Um, any, any fool can tear something down. But it takes tremendous wisdom to build something up. Any fool can tear something down. We've got a, a, a one and a half. How old's Wesley? Grandson. He can tear anything down he can reach. Come on. And I hate to confess this. I love to watch him do it. It's fun. <laughs> it's fun. Doesn't take much. 21 month old can do it. It takes wisdom to build something. It takes wisdom to build someone up. It takes a lot of wisdom to build someone Galatians 6, a few words about the justice of God. Big word in our culture today. Galatians 6, 7 through 10. Let's just read this. Just a reminder for most of us, I'm sure, in this room. Do not be misled. Uh, we, we, are, we have capacity for self-deception. Okay. Maybe you do. I have the capacity for self-deception. I have the capacity for mental gymnastics. Well, I got that. Where I'm at now in my faith after so many years, when I sin, it's because I want to. Come on. The cross is so powerful that the 
Bible says now you and I have this, we used to have an inclination towards wickedness. Now we have an inclination towards righteousness or doing the right thing. That's why if I sin on purpose, that's why I feel so conflicted. Right? I'm breaking apart. <laughs> Literally. Spiritually. I'm fracturing. I'm fracturing. So don't be misled. You, I, you cannot mock the justice of God. Can't do it. Can't do it. Everyone say, can't do it. Can't, one more time. Can't do it. You can try. You can try. Can't do it. These are, these are some things that are, that are sealed in the universe. In all of creation. This is one of them. You cannot mock the justice of God. Which, by the way, this is what the wicked serpent was doing. He was mocking God. He was mocking the owner representing God. Literally mocking. Can't do it. Not for long. You can try. Goes on. You will always, everyone say always. And by the word, by the way, the word always in the Greek means Greek scholars. You are Greek scholars. You will always, this is this is a universal principle. You and I cannot escape this, no matter what. You always harvest what you plant. If you plant an avocado seed, you're not going to get an orange straight. Not going to happen. Not going to happen. Some of us try, figuratively. Come on. Just turn to your neighbor and just look. Just look at him. And then you look right back at him. We try. We try to live one way and expect a result that is contrary to the way we're living. Come on, somebody. Help me out. Aren't you glad you came today, man? <laughs> you will always harvest what you plant. Verse 8. Those who live only to satisfy their own simple nature. So we call this like hedonistic civil nature will harvest decay and death from that simple nature but those who live to please the spirits here's the good news will harvest everlasting life from the spirit yay God see the bullseye right there see the goal right there right there so we want to constantly harvest towards uh, things of the Spirit, things of the kingdom of God, things that we know are good, things that we know are right. Okay. We want to do it, constantly want to do that. Then he goes on, uh, Paul here in Galatians 6. So let's not get tired of doing what is good. How many of you know in our culture, doing what is good in the kingdom of God is counterculture to the culture, to the zeitgeist of this world? It's upstream. Upstream. And, let's be honest, it's exhausting. It's just exhausting. It can be really exhausting. It can be really exhausting. 
Well, let's not get tired of doing what is good. At just the right time, we will reap a harvest of blessing if what? Don't give up. Don't give up. Don't quit. Keep doing what is right. uh, Yeah, I'm sure you have to. I've encountered, talked to, ministered to, prayed with many people who are just, just, they're just exhausted from doing what they thought was right. And they just throw in the towel and they just start going downstream with the culture. It's just a lot easier that way. A lot less, lot, lot less resistance, a lot less explaining. A lot, le- a lot less praying. I mean, think about this. In the kingdom of God, part of that going upstream is Jesus says words like, ah, let me see if I got it. Hang on. Let me try to quote him properly. You have heard that it was said, love your neighbor and hate your enemy. This is why upstream is so difficult. We're in Matthew 5 here. But I tell you, no, I don't want to hear it. Love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. Aren't you glad you came today? Well, that reminds me. Dang, upstream's not, it's not for wimps. It's not easy. But do you want that harvest of blessing? Do you want that harvest of living in the Spirit? Do you want that well done, good and faithful? Do you want that more because you're faithful with what God's giving you? It's worth it. It's worth it. It's well, well worth it. So don't give up. So if you're in the room today... And you're asking yourself, why do I keep trying to live for God? It's so difficult. It's brutal. I mean, everything, especially man, if you're younger, I'm praying, I'm praying for this generation coming up. And by the way, if you're a Christian, you should not be criticizing the younger generation. You should be praying for the younger generation. That God's spirit will be on them in a strong way. And that through them, something great will happen here in this country and around the world. Pray for them. Criticize them. Don't criticize them. Stop it. That's you. Stop it. Don't give up. Don't give up. Verse 10. Therefore, whenever we have... So here's kind of the... There's always... Your, your, your theology will always dictate your practice. How you live. How you think will always dictate how you live. That's why it's quite important to understand the Word of God. To renew our minds with the Word of God. That's why it's real important. Because some of us were raised in some strange places. Strange lives. How the, how the world works. Got to get back to the Word. Uh, therefore, whenever you have the opportunity, we should do good to everyone. Believers, non-believers, right? Everyone. One thing I was reminded of, this was a few years ago. When Jesus healed people, he didn't ask them what their political affiliation was. 
He didn't ask them what their social status was. Come on. Give me some feedback here. Come on. It's getting real quiet in here. No, 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 no. He healed them. He met them where they were at first. He met their need where they were at first. And then he took them where he wanted them to go, where they needed to go. That should be our model, too. That should be our model. Just turn us on and say, he's right. Go ahead and do that. Come on, help me out. He's right. I don't like it, but he's right. That's what Jesus did. Healed them. Then he let him. Healed, met the need. Then he let him. See, it's just so much easier going downstream, isn't it? So hard going against the track. But it's worth it. Therefore, whenever you have the opportunity, you should do good to everyone, especially those in what? Amen to that. So we need to do the right thing the right way with the right attitude. The right thing the right way with the right attitude. Uh, and this one more reminder, Matthew 25, 28. As far as what happened to the wicked and lazy servant, even the one bag of silver he had, the one talent he had, says, Then the owner ordered, Take the money from his servant and give it to the one. This just sounds so unfair to some of you because you were raised thinking a certain way. This is how the kingdom of God works. Give it to the one with the ten bags of silver. Can we just yay God for the one with the ten? Yay God. I want to be the one with the ten. Come on. I want you to be the one with the ten. I want Christian Life Center to be the one with the ten. Don't you want that today? That's what God wants for you. That's what God wants for me. That's what God wants for us. As a local church family. One more reminder, Matthew 25, 29. To those who use well what they are given, which is you. Praying for you, praying for me. Even more will be given and they will have a what? Gosh, I love that word. I love it. When God gives me all that I need and a little extra, a little extra to be a blessing to others. Not to build more barns. Gives me all I need and then a little extra to be a blessing to others. An abundance. But they'll have an abundance. These are the words. Jesus teaching us this. This is how the world works. But from those who do what? Bad actions, bad attitude, did nothing. Even what little they have will be taken away. It's true. It's truth. But here's the good news. I, I'm believing this with all my heart. We're the one with the tent. You're the one with the tent. Turn to someone and say, you're the one with the tent. Come on, help me out. You're the one with the tent. God's going to give you more. He wants to. He wants to do that. I'm going to call our music team back up.
And uh, we got a couple more songs. And, and let me just say this to those of you sitting here, and you're going, man, I'm the, I'm the, I'm, I'm, I'm the one with the one. <laughs> if that's you. First of all, we're really glad. Can we just clap for the ones with the one that say you're here? Not that you're with one, but that you're here. Give you, <laughs> I mean, give you a real simple way back to where God wants you. Real simple way back. Confess and repent. Just confess. Be honest. God already knows anyways. Confess. It's a good word. Confess it. Acknowledge it. And then repent. Turn back to living the way you know God wants you to live. It's not too late. It's not too late. Father God, thank you so much for everyone here. God, I'm so grateful for your word. Father, we want to be people who understand your word, who hear your word, and who have the wisdom to apply your word. God, will you, will you allow everyone here in the sound of my voice just to be able to receive that? God, will you give them favor, extra grace? God, will you just even wrestle our wills, if you have to, Father, to have a desire to line up with your word? Let us praise you, Father, with our attitude and our actions. In Jesus' name, amen.